Hello and welcome to the Around the 412 Fantasy Football Show. As always, brought to you by Keats Barbershop, located in East Rochester, PA. Uh, the Phillies are playing right now. They're about to be losing. So I'm going to say what's up to Drew first before he gets too upset. I actually, I actually am not looking at it right now because I have to quote tweet that the show's on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Drew's here. Also, as always with us is Joe. Joe, I know that you've been uh, still recovering your respiratory system, not 100%. Uh, so we're not still in like flu game stage, Joe Frick, but uh, not 100% yet either. Yeah, it works out for everyone because no one likes to hear me talk. And I, if I go on too long of a rant, I'll get tired. So we'll keep it short, sweet, get you the info you need and get back on with your day. Also, shout out to everybody whose team's going to suck that's on bye week this week. Dude, you probably have a winning, You probably have a winning record and I'm very jealous of you, but enjoy this L. My team sucked anyways. <laughs> so Drew always calls it um, hell week for certain teams whenever they have a bunch of players on by. But generally speaking for like entire leagues, this is probably what we would consider hell week. When you talk about Buffalo, L.A., Minnesota, and who's the fourth one? Philadelphia. Philly, yeah. So, I mean, the amount of fantasy-relevant players on those four teams, unbelievable. Um, but yeah, Mechie the Goat already in here. I think he put this in here literally before I said a word. So shout out to him for being early on this. Uh, start Waller or Hill? Uh, Taysom Hill, I'm assuming, Taysom, yeah. right? Yeah, tight end. Um, I, Waller, I mean, like, can we – where do you guys – did you even rank Taysom Hill in your tight ends? I did. I had him, <laughs> at, did like this week. I had okay. him at like 13 just because okay. it's a short week and they're still missing quite a few of the receivers. I feel like they'll – Game script isn't the word that I want to use, but they need to do something other than throw the ball to Olave or Kamara. So I envision that there's some sort of like 10 to 12 plays where Taysom Hill can get the ball. That being said, Vegas has struggled a bit uh, in terms of staying healthy. They've had a lot of people in and out of the lineup. I think mm. that uh, Waller actually didn't practice today. They didn't specify why. He, he has a hamstring him. injury. That's but what is that it, that's what it was for? Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if that's going to hold him out. I know Foster Moreau returned to practice today, so there's options there. Uh, but if they're both going to be active for Sunday, I would be starting Waller. I, To his point, the whole game script thing, I think that Taysom Hill only blew up because they had so many injuries on that team. Olave went out with his concussion. Thomas and Landry are already out. I don't think they had much else besides Kamara, so they were just trying to do anything they could. Yeah. Um, all right, so Waller, it is there. Should I trade Debo for D Hop? Says Mark. It's hard to make a trade like that without seeing Hopkins on the field first. I yeah. do not have that sort of uh honest to do something yeah. like that. Debo has a really good matchup this week, too. And I think that I personally think that Hopkins is going to struggle. I know that y'all both had him in your top 15 for your wide receiver rankings this week, but. It's his first week back. It is a short week. He's coming off a of suspension. So the number of practices that he's even going to have with the team, I understand that there's a lot of concern about the Marquise Brown injury, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But I think it's going to take a week for him to get acclimated to game speed to really get involved. From a people management perspective, I would expect him to be on a pitch count for this week uh, mm. on Thursday. Personally, I don't know if that's going to hold true just because of the injuries, yeah. but it'll be interesting to see for sure. But I, I wouldn't make that trade now. It, to me, it would be a wait and see. 
And knowing that Debo has a really strong matchup this week, it's not somebody that I would just want to give away. Um, that value will still be there regardless of what Hopkins does. You can make that trade at any time. It's really hard for me to envision a world where the hop convinces me that that should be a trade that's made. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I know that you mentioned uh, where I have the hop this week. And it's funny because last week talking about him returning, I said, I'm not super high on him. I guess if I was a believer in a Rondale Moore or something like that, I probably would have him more towards that, like nearing top 15 upper echelon and not have the hop in there. I just feel like an Arizona receiver is going to be in that range. And I'm not a Rondale Moore believer. So even with him being on a pitch count, maybe yeah. with it being his first game back, I just, I'm throwing a dart at it. So I you don't wouldn't you wouldn't subscribe to him is what you're saying. Um, I would not subscribe to him is what I'm saying. Interesting. I, but hey, I, hey, I'm gonna give you the opportunity. You're gonna have a platform maybe later in the show to talk about it. Maybe that's then. true. Yeah, I, I don't think he's gonna be on a pitch count. I think because like he's been posting on Instagram his workouts and stuff, I think he's ready to roll. And I think because of the fact that Hollywood Brown is out, they're gonna be forced to let him roll. You know who also posts their workouts on Instagram? Give up a run. <laughs> <laughs> James Harris, not me, and he's he don't even play anymore. One thing I did want to show uh, before we move on from this, this is yeah. something that we've referenced in other uh, other shows in the past. But this is a let me pull up my screen right here. Uh, this is a trade value chart that's put together uh, by a guy on Reddit. His name is Peaked in High School. He also got picked up yep. by Four for Four. If you look at the trade chart for this week, he has currently. Um, essentially how it happens is you have tiers of players per different positions and then you can find your player to see what they're valued at and then if you're doing a multiplayer trade you can utilize this information to say like all right like what's the total value for players that i'm going to get so if i'm scrolling mm -hmm. here you can see that debo Samuel is currently in tier three he's valued as like a 42 point player however uh we have to go down a little bit further De deandre hopkins he's valued at a 19 that ultimately, at the end of the day, you need to do what you think is best for your teams. These don't necessarily accurately reflect how things are going to go. But I do think that something to keep in mind is that when you're giving away multiple tiers to trade a player, then you probably should be getting something else back. It doesn't mean that you reject every single trade that doesn't match up number for number. But at the same time, you don't want to be getting fleeced either. So this is a good resource, uh, like I said peaked in high school peaked underscore high school. fantasy football um he posts <laughs> this every week and he got picked up by the athletic and four for four four wow. d's so it's uh it's it's really good work and this Winter... changes every week as well so as players are improving getting hurt getting healthy then you can see kind of how they fluctuate when is uh four for four in the athletic gonna pick up joe frick for his matchups probably Sorry. never but <laughs> that's okay uh Brock said, stop, fellas. I'm four and two PPR lead. Need to trade uh, from my running back for receiver. Running backs are Mixon, Saquon, Brees, Ramondre, K-Walk. Wow, what the? Uh, wide receivers are Jacoby, Hop, DJM, Mooney, Boyd, Dobbs. Trade Brees slash Dobbs for AJ Brown slash Alave, question mark. I can't think of a scenario right now where I would want to trade Brees Hall. Hall. Brees yep. Hall has been a top 15 running back every week. Uh, we were actually going to talk about him a little bit more as far as like the week six headlines, but dude has been balling out. So he had 20 carries, 116 yards, a touchdown. He only had two receptions for five yards, but he's essentially lived up to the hype of everything that you would want from a consensus, like one, one dynasty pick. 
And like I said, he's been a top 15 running back every week. I think there's only one other person that's done that so far. And that was with a split backfield that he had to earn his way to get these more touches. The last thing that I'll mention is split, right? Well, the last thing that I'm going to say was that his percentage of rushes is every week it's gone up. And he was at 76.9% of the rushing attempts last week for the Jets. So they realize what's going on. They're running the ball a lot to protect themselves from Zach Wilson, which has plummeted the value of Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore. Yeah. But with Brees Hall being as effective as he is, they're able to control the clock, rely on the defense, and ultimately move the football. So for me, I don't think that that's the piece that I would move. If it was me personally, those running backs, man. Ramondre I would be moving Ramondre. Right. Because Harris is going to come back. And then that they're going to immediately go back to that 50-50 split. Yeah, I agree 100%. That's that's where I was waiting to chime in. The recency bias there, Harris is going to come back, try to sell And I agree. I mean, looking at the way that this was drafted, this is probably like a almost RB heavy heavy very early. I think that Boyd is someone that's droppable in a 10-person league, uh, which this is. I don't think Tyler Boyd can return that value. Then there's a lot of other better receiving options that get a higher target volume. The only reason that you would want Boyd is if Higgins is going to be out for an extended period of time. And he actually practiced today, which is the first Wednesday practice that he's had. And he played some plow and he played the full game. I know there was a lot of concerns on whether or not he would be able to give it his full go because he only played 10 snaps the week before, but he looked fine. So it'll be interesting to see. Did he walk him? No, you got a base hit. Two runs scored. Uh, so we're going to be having, there's going to be some sidebar conversation going on, by the way, during this episode at the beginning, but I do want to say, man, I am looking at these comments. There's a lot of names I don't recognize. So like, I don't know if these are like, at, well, some of them came in from Twitch that I see too, but this is just awesome to see just random people finding the show and popping, popping in because we love it. But as far as like kind of wrapping up this conversation here, I don't, I would also not trade Brees. I would dangle Ramondre. I still think that you can get some, some value at receiver doing that. Um, obviously I don't think you're getting like AJ Brown because that person's probably doing that for Brees in that deal. Um, but I think there is a trade out there where you can improve the wide receiver room without touching Brees. Somebody um, that you might be able to look at who's struggled a bit and they have the worst matchup on paper this week is Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk got peppered with targets the first three weeks of the yeah. season. They've had mm-hmm. a really tough stretch of games, but moving forward, the Jaguars have the easiest schedule for the rest of the season. And I envision that they're going to try to find the way to get the ball in his hands more. You've slowly seen how they have incorporated ETN more and more each week. And I think that Trevor Lawrence, he ultimately had a couple rushing touchdowns, which took away from a lot of the fantasy perspectives for the running backs and wide receivers for that team. But I think that, Christian Cook or Christian Kirk is somebody that you could target as like a buy low right now that you wouldn't have to give up an arm and a leg to get. Yeah. But um, I do like that. I I'm I have Christian Kirk and I just keep playing him because I know that he's going to be closer to uh, what he had been before the last couple of weeks. Jacksonville's been really weird. They're like a plus twenty four point differential, but they're two and four this year. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Very odd. But. Uh, it is a 10 team league that he's talking about here. While we're on the D hop convo, I got offered Keenan Allen for him. Herbie is my QB. Uh, is Keenan Allen ever going to play another football game? That's my question with this. He played, did he hurt his hammy in week one or was it week two? Week one. He'll be back this week. Okay. Are we sure? Did yeah. He yeah practice he, today? He, he tweeted it. He tweeted last week that he was coming back this week. They just wanted to be 
Yeah, but he's got to get through practice. And he's done that before. Where he said, "Don't bench me. I'm not going to be a decoy." Yeah, and then they, went out. And... They just they gave him an extra week. He said he could have played last week. Okay, I'm, I'm I'm always going to be skeptical on Keenan Allen, but this is two players that I'm pretty skeptical about in D Hop for Keenan Allen. So yeah. where do we stand on this one? Going back to that trade chart, they have Keenan Allen in a tier five with Gabe Davis, Deontay Johnson, Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. Hopkins falls into like a tier six with Christian Kirk, Drake London, um, Chris Olave, Brandon Cooks, Tyler Lockett. I think that it's a bit premature to give up on Allen. Just seeing the struggles that Mike Williams has had that first game that Keenan Allen was out, he exploded. He had that big game, but he's really been locked down. Herbert had his first game last week where he didn't record a touchdown so, actually, I've read this backwards whenever we first went through it. If you are giving up Hopkins and getting Allen back, I think that's a solid deal. I would take it personally. So would I. I think that the Chargers are this one of those teams that are just going to have a bunch of injury concerns early, and then they're just going to get healthy and just start the ball out. Yeah. Unfortunately, they play in a division with Russell Wilson, so – uh, Nick, we'll definitely get to that. I'm just literally going through here in order. I think that he, I, I liked how you did comment on, tw- on Twitch, though, but also on YouTube. If you're going to pick one, would love to have a person always watching on Twitch. That's just cool to see a different type of logo pop up. Uh, but before that, we had Tua or Carr this week. Yeah, so looking at the matchups, I know that the Steelers went crazy last week and performed way above everyone's expectations beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which, if you watched the show last week, I said it was going to happen. So what's mm-hmm. up with that? Uh, blind <laughs> squirrel gets lucky every once in a while, I guess. But Pittsburgh is still in the last three weeks a top five matchup for QBs. And I don't know if they have the speed at the secondary position to cover Waddle or, to, uh, Waddle or Tyreek Hill. I imagine that Tua has the capabilities of having a big game. I know that Mm -hmm. there's some concerns with the injury. Is he going to be able to step in and do a lot? But I do think that that potential is there. Carr has a much tougher matchup, I would say. Houston's only giving up 17.2 points per game. They've been locked down against wide receivers in the last three weeks, and their weakness has really been against the running attack. I envision Jacobs being a much bigger part of the offense this week. I think Drew would agree with that and maybe even subscribe to that potentially. But, um, yeah. yeah, I would definitely be too uh, over. <clears throat> yeah. This is my fault. And, I mean, you added some much-needed uh, clarification there anyway. But, like, it, this is one of those things where the fricker ticker comes into play. You can see we got two ranked as QB8 cars, I think QB14, somewhere around there. 13, uh, 13 yeah. 13. Yeah. So we all had uh, Tuckavailoa as a, as a play much higher than Derek Carr this week. So, I'm worried that he's going to have to shake up some rust. I'll be honest with you. I my ranking had him up higher mainly because there were so many top five quarterbacks, top ten quarterbacks that we would normally rank yeah. um, on buys. So I I was more like it's a product of everybody not, else. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning towards I wouldn't have started him if there was other guys available. But you'll probably have to start him. I would start him over Carr for sure. Yeah, uh, I traded Michael Carter and Tyler Lockett, got Cordero Patterson and DJ Moore. Can I go first on this one? Because yeah, of course. Yeah, it looks like you're chomping at the bit too. I, I'm, I'm doing it because you're going to be shocked by my answer. I prefer in this trade to get Tyler Lockett than I do to get DJ Moore or Cordero Patterson. To be quite honest here. I'm Gino's playing well. The Panthers are just an absolute shit show that unless you have Christian McCaffrey, you need to stay as far away from that team as possible, in my opinion. 
So I'm a little. Hey, Sam, maybe Sam Darnold saves the day. I saw that they just activated him yeah. for IR, right? We've seen that show before. <laughs> <laughs> no Robbie Anderson in town, though. The Patterson, you know, but... the Patterson part isn't bad, though. It's just a matter of how long he's going to be out. And his knee injury is kind of a mystery. They just threw him on IR and never really told us anything else about what it was. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm speculating here, and I feel like he probably had a meniscus injury where they trimmed it based on the timeline. But we still don't really know what that is. So that could linger like all year. So I'm worried about that. Joe? Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at the trade, I think it's fairly even. I would say Tyler Lockett's the best player in the trade. Cordell, Cordell Patterson is obviously has the upside. The running back situation in Atlanta hasn't really been great since he went down. So I think that there was not necessarily an expectation, but cautious optimism that one of the rookies would emerge and kind of take touches away from Cordell Patterson. Mm-hmm. but it didn't necessarily pan out that way. And that could be matchup driven as well. I know that they've yeah. had a pretty big stretch of games. Mariota eats into a lot of carries as well, especially in the goal line. DJ Moore, the only thing that you can hope for is that Sam Darnold comes back and ends up taking over for QB for him because the first nine weeks of last year, DJ Moore balled out under yeah. Sam Darnold. I don't think PJ Walker can support him. Drew mentioned that last week. I wanted to hope that it would be different, but it wasn't. Darnold did really well, though, last year, too, So for that stretch. So I still think that Sam Darnold's play is going to impact him significantly, obviously. And I'm not, I'm not there thinking that he's going to come back yeah. and be successful. But at the end of the day, I don't think anybody lost this trade. I don't know if you can necessarily declare a winner. Um, I mean, Gino could fall off, right? No, and, and then it he could <laughs> not in the realm of possibility <laughs> unless unless he starts writing back, he ain't falling off. What do you think he is, Russ? Come on, <clears throat> they both can suck. <laughs> uh, Mostert, Wilson Jr., Ayuk for flex. Man, every, how I, does this happen every week that everybody just like talks about our our guys? I think it's. Wait, I think it. Oh, never mind. I think it's. So, Ayuk. I would also say Ayuk. You could, if you're looking at the matchups, Kansas City has been pretty weak on defense across the board. So I could see a scenario where you want to play Wilson Jr., but he seems to be in the doghouse. They're getting some pieces back on the running back room. So Davis Price returned last week. There's some concern that he might lose the touches that he has. I also don't really like playing a running back in flex in the PPR unless I absolutely have to. Ayuk has a really strong matchup this week. The Kansas City Chiefs are giving up 45.7 points per game against receivers right now, and they've been even equally as bad against quarterbacks. I think that everybody that catches passes for San Francisco is in line for a pretty good game, especially if it ends up being high-scoring. We, it was the first week last week that we saw their defense struggle a little bit, and that's mostly been due to – they're pretty banged up right now. So I think that they're going to have to try to keep up with Kansas City. So I would definitely rule out Mostert. It's between Wilson and Ayuk for me, and I'm going to lean with the guy that's leading the team in routes run, tied for the team leading targets last week. So, And they're going to be a negative game script. That's right. I'm taking Brandon Ayuk too, and I'll talk about why in a little bit. I don't want to say too much right now. 
Uh, but the, the similar question from the same person, different league though, but Eno Benjamin is now part of the equation instead of Jeff Wilson Jr. Does that change? James Conner might play. So yeah, that, I was just sad. I didn't look into his, that situation at all. So it was sad too because he didn't have a terrible game in terms of like fantasy points. Uh, let me see where he ended up. Dude, what is happening? I think Some he was. People. I think he's. I think he was fine last week. It's just that there was a lot of other running backs that were getting their first start that just blew up, so it made him look more mediocre. Like I mean, he only had 9.6, which would have made him running back 25, which doesn't really give you a yeah. lot of confidence. He, going against Ken Walker, who put up 21.97 in a touchdown, yeah. it just like felt like very upsetting, but it felt like it was a missed opportunity. He played all of the snaps, essentially, except for nine, but he had 37 yards on 15 carries and got saved by passing work. So I think that if you think about James Conner not playing, um, New Orleans is pretty stout against the run. I don't think I would start him still. I think it's a tough matchup for either one of those guys, so I would probably still go with Ayuk. You know what I'm going to say about Thursday Night Football? Take the under. Want- I don't want I don't want fantasy players playing in it if it's like a coin flip or anything. So but in this case it's not anyway because I love Brandon Ayuk this week. So That's Did we get I'm... this Ramondre question, by the way, from Brock? Who can uh, I get for him? Oh. We talked about that. You you gave uh I mean Christian Kirk. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I was saying. We kind of talked about Christian Kirk. I don't know whether we saw it. I didn't see it beforehand, but you kind of tied it in okay. regardless. Yeah. I'll add- so. I can add to that though. What I would do is I would just go to the team that's desperate that needs to win now and be like, this guy has more upside right now to get you back in it and try to take one of their wide receivers. Yeah. Just kind of like, Hey, who I'm shopping this guy. Who do you want for him? Kind of thing. Um, I think somebody that you could, a great target for that would be somebody on by like a Gabe Davis, where it's like, if they need a win really bad, yeah. You can give them Ramondre in a plus matchup. You're getting a player. That... Yeah, I think so. I think you're giving up a little bit more value because Devonta Smith has had some like big games, but he's also been quiet in a few games too. He started out you're... slow, but now I think he's getting a lot of targets. I, I just think you're overpaying a bit for that. So I would target somebody like a Gabe Davis, Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper, um, that would kind of be the, the tier of guys. Who's Gabe Davis? At. Some guy that I just hate on constantly. And then he, anytime I text you guys about where he's at, he scores a touchdown. <laughs> I'm eight away. <laughs> Legitimately right at, right as. <laughs> I'm eight away. Uh, also, I have both Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes. I wanted to keep both until we got through the buys. But who is someone I could get for Hurts? Literally Jesus Christ himself. Yeah, like quarterbacks are always tougher, though, I feel like. It depends on... I mean, with a guy like Hertz doing what he's doing, I guess maybe it's a little different. But it always, for me, with quarterbacks, depends on how much the other person values the quarterback position. Would you absolutely trade Hertz and not Mahomes? I would try to trade Mahomes, but I think everybody's going to want Hertz because of the rushing upside. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you look like if you have a top four QB this year, it is such a big difference. Like the the is idea that, of okay. streaming QBs this year is sucked. Like it just right. has not worked. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And de- for whatever reason, defenses have just played a lot better this season. So you don't have that just like running gun, everybody can pass sort of thing happening. So if you can have one of those like elite guys. The quarterback this year was a dumb idea. That's how weird this season has been. But I don't yeah, agree with it. It's just true. Like, a lot I know. Of I, I'm, I'm just saying I was one bad. of those people. Yeah. And I have been for a long time. And it's like this is the first year where it's really come back to bite me the way that it has. Right. And I think too, I don't think that in a scenario like this, you use this as like a one for one trade. I think that you take like something that's like a wide receiver two or like border, probably wide receiver two or running back two. you pair that with one of these quarterbacks and you get an elite player back for it. So I think it ends up being a two for one. You're making them a little bit better, but you're making your team better in return, which then today is all you really care about. Yeah. Uh, they they added that they have Diggs, Pittman, and Myers. Uh, all right. I mean, I don't know cool. what to really <laughs> do with that information in terms of the quarterback. I, I think that we're all on board with it's probably Mahomes if you can move him where it's like you're getting the same amount of value regardless of which one you're trading. But I don't know that that would be the case. He was talking about that trade from earlier. The Michael Carter uh, Lockett. So oh, he, he okay. He stacked okay, okay. wide receiver. So that's what he was saying. Yeah. All right. Cool. You know, the way that these come through sometimes, at least on my screen, yeah, I, it's hard to put together like, you know, two comments going together. Yeah, I understand. Like a string yeah, you have to of... scroll up and like yeah. find the names and make it make sense. Um, standard eight man league, who I trade away and for who? Three running backs, three receivers, one flex, oh, wow. Cook, Kamara, Jay Wilson, Patterson, Hunt, Mike Williams, Sutton, Higgins, Moore, D. Smith. I like that a lot, that if you're in a smaller league that you just have so many more spots, that makes it so much more fun. I, I love that idea. Sidebar. As far as who you're trying to trade, I'm always trying to trade bad players and get good players. It doesn't really work that way in life. Um, I think that Hunt is borderline cuttable at this point. He's been just not nearly seeing the efficiency. His and they've still been splitting carries, but like from a goal line perspective, they just really haven't utilized it the same way. And Cleveland hasn't moved the ball, obviously, with Brissett the way that we've seen in the past. Um, I might move Mike Williams. I don't know. Like it's it's hard to. Just yeah, I mean, you're not getting players. anything for more. He's coming off a couple tough weeks, though. True. Yeah, I feel like if we go Sutton, through the players, Sutton. Dalvin and Keenan Allen a, coming back. Dalvin Cook just had a really strong week. Um, he's had a struggle, a couple strong weeks actually. I know there was some concern earlier, especially when he messed up the shoulder. Was Madison going to come in and they become more of a work share? But he's been dominating touches lately. I don't think that he's been getting a lot of passing work though. So maybe you can leverage like Cook and somebody like DJ Moore and get one of the top guys at wide receiver or something like that you might need to throw in do you feel comfortable enough about the running backs though if he trades cook that's a standard league you don't need the passing volume Mm, that's a good point i i think that i like his running backs the way they are and i would just try to focus it's just it's really slim pickings which i imagine that it's standard you have to start three it's just with Patterson out, you don't really have any sort of depth there. But you also mm-hmm. still have to start three wide receivers too, so that makes it a little bit more challenging. 
based on what I'm seeing here, you have too many receivers, and I would try to stack up with more running backs, even if they're handcuffs or backups or whatever. Somebody like a Rashad White, who if Fournette goes down, immediately becomes like a bell cow back. Somebody like a Jalen Warren, who falls into that same profile. Somebody like Khalil Herbert, who would who has yeah. outplayed Montgomery um, that people might be south on. You might be able to kind of make a move for somebody like that, I think. Um, that might be a better way to go. I don't know if you can necessarily one-for-one one this in a way that would make the team better. So This free agent list might not be completely bare either. Yeah, eight-man. It's, it's still eight-man, even though they're starting more players. That doesn't make up for an entire two more rosters of – 15 guys well if you added two players per team you have eight teams so that's an additional 16 players right that you're starting so in theory it's almost like playing in like a 10 or a 12 yeah there could be someone out there though yeah for sure um kenny walker damian pierce in the flex what in what two options to have yeah who are your starting running backs <laughs> that you're disrespecting damian pierce and not having him as your rb1 <laughs> So let's yeah, just get this out of the way real quick. Houston has a terrible matchup against I don't the care. Vegas this week. Uh, so they've only given up eight. Look at where they're ranked, by the way, real quick on the ticker 13 and 14. 18.3 points per game. Um, there's a little bit of frick riding on Damian Pierce, I think, in the rankings because Ken Walker absolutely balled out last week. Let me hit you with some Ken Walker stats real mm-hmm. quick. So first things first, uh, Seattle has a top five matchup against the L.A. Chargers going into the week. They're giving up 30.2 points per game to, uh, what's it called, to running backs. All right, let me hit you with some stuff that Ken Walker did last week. Hit us. So, By the way, played, Chubb and Saquon. He played 37 of, uh, let's see, 43 early down works. He had a 50% split of the short yardage situation, and he was the majority leader in third down plays. So to me, it's like he's a must-start going forward. I don't see a scenario, especially where Houston has a great, like a tough matchup. And on top of that, Houston has a good matchup in the air that I think that it's tough sledding for Pierce this week. But um, – yeah, he's he's getting a vast majority of the snaps. That's what I like to see. Um, Forty-seven to twenty-three between Walker and DJ Dallas. DJ Dallas is just a guy. Roll with Ken. Respect Kenneth. So I personally uh, had Pierce at twelve and Ken Walker at fifteen. So, Lovey uh, Smith said that Pierce I can't go back on my own. Pairs. This Twitch. 20 carries a game he needs it according to Lovey Smith. I'm like I I never shy away from the volume. I can't shy away with from Lovey Smith says either. That's maybe the best beard in sports. So remember when uh they said in Buffalo that CJ Spiller was going to run until he puked? Was Lovey Smith in Buffalo? Probably. <laughs> Damian Pierce can run all. Listen, day. I I love I re- I really do love both this week. I'm I'm slightly leaning Pierce. Are you guys worried about um, Chubb? And it's it's a dumb and weird way of saying this, but I feel like the Browns' offense doesn't really make sense right now. Like he late in games, right they're like getting away from the run and they're letting Brissett throw it when they're dominating on the ground. And I don't, it doesn't really make sense. Stefanski's lost right now. He looks, yeah. 
He's out of tricks. I mean, he's basically, he's basically Zach Taylor with an NFL head coach of the year award. That's always what's so funny to me about like people that are like in the fire Tomlin camp where it's like, you look at these guys, like McVay is really an exception to like young guy comes in pretty green and sustained success. Like Zach Taylor had like his one year. What about LaFleur? He wouldn't be successful without Rogers probably. Cause he's made a lot of really questionable play calling and game plan decisions over the years too. Rogers. We're, we're, we're speculating though, but he's like, look at what the body of work is though. Sure. Field yeah. goal. But All right. Let's I'm just look in the playoffs. Either right, way, I'll, I'll give you a floor. I, I will say it's just interesting that like these offensive guys, they come in, they do a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. I mean, look at mm-hmm. even like in Arizona, if you look at their expected to play above expectation in the first half, they're 31st in the league. And then they're first in the second half. They have very much like the Pittsburgh Steelers offense of 2021, where they don't do anything for three quarters and then just like ball out, which is great. It's like the Blake Bortles offense, but it's very scary if that's it's on your team, but yeah, I don't know. What was your question? What am I scared about? The Browns? Chubb. Yeah, because they're not running the ball the way you expect them to successfully, and they're shying away from it. And then Watson's going to be coming back soon. I guess. What if, what if he's a sell high? Who? Nick Chubb. Chubb. I mean, you already missed that. He just scored up eight points last week. So if you're going to sell high, you probably want to do that a week or two ago. But... Yeah, but they were down big. That was game script. I don't know. I would I feel hold. like off a name, you could certainly convince yeah. somebody still to, to sell high. Before we move on to respect Bailey Zappi. Hey, that might have been a headline, dude. What are you doing? You're ruining I, a, I can't believe that we haven't talked about that? a single injury yet. I was going to, I played him in DFS two weeks ago. You guys dogged the crap out of me. Was he I was in your early Huh? Was he in your top 15? No. Last week? This week. Who did they play no. this week? New England. I plays... say he's not in the, top 15. the Bears, who has Bears. a good secondary. I had him as 15. You Now you're respecting him. I like yeah. that. Um, all right, let's talk about some injuries. By the way, man, shout out to the, the comments for so many questions. First half hour. Just answering questions, totally different from what we normally do. Um, but yeah, some injuries to talk about. Let's start with the big one: Hollywood Brown in Arizona. We kind of touched on it already, but not really in depth. Take it away, Drew. Hollywood, yeah, he has a foot injury. Um, he's expected to miss like what four to six weeks. They said they haven't talked about it much. I'm a little concerned about his foot though because he did have that Liz Frank in college, and that hindered him for years. It, like the first like year or two in the league with the Ravens, he struggled with that foot injury. So this could be something that's pretty significant that when he does come back, lingers the rest of the season. I thought I heard somewhere today that it was something like a fracture in the heel. I didn't see it. Um, let me see. Okay. I typed in Hollywood Brown heel on Google and I just got a bunch of like really weird, like shopping yeah. things for heels. Um, maybe I should have typed in Marquise instead of Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's tough. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I saw that uh, somewhere or other. Um, yeah, I don't know. But that, that's what I heard. So it's Thought. not at what, because at one point, you know, there was concern that it would take him out for the rest of the year. Yep. So. And then he had like three opinions. Just to get him to where he's at. Hmm. Let me see if I can okay. find it. 
yeah, I was trying to see if I could find it on Twitter. Uh, will be at least a month. That's all I see, but it doesn't really specify. Yeah, there hasn't been anything from what I looked. Okay. Um, well, you can keep looking for that, but let's move on. You, you mentioned it could be like a four to six week timeline. That's also what we're hearing in terms of Carson Wentz uh, with his injury. Did you see like the slow motion video of him shaking his hand? Yeah, it was so cringy. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, how, how does this impact him? How does this impact the commanders? What's the fantasy outlook there? So in my eyes, it's really concerning. Taylor Heineke is going to come in and he's just going to be like gritty and like you never know. He might just throw a touchdown on Terry McLaurin, but Terry McLaurin has already been struggling. So this obviously can't make it any better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's interesting, right? Because if you think about the last couple of weeks, there's been a lot of talk about like what is the confidence level of the QBs and Carson Wentz and then um ron rivera actually like got very animated and flipped out on the reporters talking about like this is my guy i do all the stuff in the film and like all of this that's my but, quarterback yeah right exactly but Heineken yeah. was like one of the best stories in my opinion from last season this guy's like an undrafted free agent had four game winning drives he averaged 213.7 yards per game but like you said he was gritty and i think the receiver room that they have is a lot better i think that they have a I think that they have a better offensive scheme, and I think that he's going to be all right. I mean, Wentz went 12 for 20 for 99 yards. No one's going to do anything with that. So I think that, that he could be serviceable, and he has that rapport already. I think if it hurts anybody, it's going to hurt Curtis Samuel because he doesn't have that mm-hmm. practice time with him, whereas like McLaurin and Logan Thomas, some of those other guys do. So that was I the was big takeaway bring up for Logan me. Thomas. I was going to ask about Logan Thomas, what we thought his outlook could be with Heineke. But uh, you kind of stole my thunder by just tossing him at the end there. Sorry. He's still <laughs> struggling with injuries, that guy. Yeah. It's tough. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, and then the other one was Melvin Gordon that you got on here, Drew. What's going yeah. on with him? Um, so he hurt his feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where you were going to go with this. I love that. I was like... Yeah. I didn't know if he somehow got hurt afterwards, like what what happened there, but okay. Nope. Hurt his feelings, but unfortunately it seems like he has a full recovery as of like two hours ago. They said that he'll be back next week as a starter. He had a nice heart to heart with, uh, um, what's his face? Hackett, Daniel Hackett. Who cares what his name is? Here's my question for you. How is Melvin Gordon good enough to take away touches from Javante Williams? Don't you dare do it. But he gets benched in favor of Latavius Murray off the street. Which, like, how does that happen? What I called that last week. Over there? I called that last week. I just don't understand it. This, like, did he have a favor in with Russ? Like, does he like to listen to future? Like, how does this bullshit. happen? It's bullshit. It's like the most infuriating thing for me as a Javante Williams owner in Dynasty. Like, it it pisses me off just thinking about it. Murray I don't, had fifteen yeah. carries off the street. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it at all. Like and, Mike Boone didn't even get no love. Yeah, and Melvin Gordon didn't even fumble, right? Like I, I missed the beginning of the game. He didn't fumble. He just got taken out for no reason. They were just like, "You're not doing this." And he fumbled in life. Yeah, I might start him in DFS this week in a league though, because it's just like one of those things where maybe he just bounces back out of nowhere and no one starts him. And it's say if he puts up like 25, that's a huge, a huge one up on competition. What exactly DFS. is like that situation though? Because I saw, so he liked a bunch of tweets about wanting to be traded. It, 
they just came out like two hours ago saying that they talked to Melvin Gordon said that he talked to him. Yeah. And said he knows he's going to be in the Spurs starter and he's everything's fine. But his, his butt liked the tweets like Cam Hayward. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, at least with with liking it, it's just like one tap. It doesn't say retweet and then make sure you want to retweet as opposed to quote tweet and stuff like that. So Cam, I didn't mean it. I love you. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, all right. Moving on from injury stuff then, because I brought up a name. Drew says, don't worry about it. We don't need to talk about Kenny Pickett's going to be good to go on Sunday Night Football. So we could t- not even discuss this at all. Uh, so moving on from injury stuff, week six headlines, anything to talk about that isn't injury related? Let's hear it. Yeah. So we already talked a bit about Brees Hall really promising stuff from the young guy, but there's two other people that we're going to talk about who one is getting a little bit of a glow up. The other one completely falling off the rails here a little bit. So the first one's Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts finally found the end zone last week. How are you guys feeling about it? To me, it's a sell high candidate kind of thing because people think that he did a lot with something, but he only had three catches. It just like, isn't very promising for me. And they're doing a lot of weird stuff with Pitts. I don't know if you're watching the game, he only ran 14 routes. That's three consecutive games where he's played less than 75% of the snaps. And Atlanta is only averaging 36% passing plays in the last three games. So, like, they have no confidence in Marietta throwing the ball. I think the only thing that would save him, and this is something that we talked about earlier today, is if Ritter comes in and they let him slang it around a little bit. So this there's like no real story here. Like, I don't, I don't think you can sell high on pits because it's just not high. It's, it, it's no difference to me what he's been over the last five weeks. And the fact that he scored a touchdown. Now, the reason why he doesn't have good fantasy outlook is because they're winning games and they're being competitive, running the ball. They're letting Mariota run an option style offense and they're competitive. So that he said earlier in the year that pissed me off that they didn't want to win fantasy they want to win football games. Well, at the time it made sense that like, you're going to throw to one of your best players to win football games, but they're proving us all wrong that they can win games and be competitive without doing that. And it's just infuriating and it sucks. Like it's just one of those things that unless the run game starts to fail and they don't have to, or they have to start throwing it, it's not going to get better. And that just is what it is. I don't think you could sell them. I think you just either have to hold and hope for the best. I want to drop him so. I want to drop him so bad. Yeah, I get it. Like, but who are you going to add? Like, there's no one good. Greg Dolchich, baby from Denver. I like. I mean, I like him. I. I, Do you just go off of whoever plays Seattle on that week and hope that they're on waivers? Like, is that call? Honestly, you you can't trade Pitts. You can't do much with him besides hope for a miracle. And it's like the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I was so high on him. I. I reached in multiple leagues for him because I just – this is one of my biggest misses ever in fantasy football. I can't believe I let you guys talk me into that. I will never forgive you. He scored – by the way, that was his first touchdown in the NFL on U.S. soil. The other, yeah. only other time he scored was in the London, London game. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so in the league that I have, Kyle Pitts, my other tight end is Taysom Hill. So – It's boomer bust, Tyler Lockett of tight ends. Yeah, it's Drake but, London though too. Like he's not, he fell off. I will too. say for whatever reason, Gerald Everett is available in that league. Got to pick him so up. He's top five play this week. Yeah, I mean we were just taught Seattle. Also used to play on the Seahawks revenge game. I don't know. Just and Keenan Allen's gonna need an extra week. So the whole Keenan Allen's coming back, and that's the reason why Everett was good the last few weeks was him being out. Isn't gonna work for this week. Good podcast. Yeah, I almost. Good 
I almost wanted to put uh, Everett as a top three play. Oh, I did put him at top three. I have you Matt put him at three, three, right? Yeah. yeah. I think I have him up near like four or five, too. I... Kelsey, Kelsey and Andrews are like in pen Locked. one and yeah, two. Yeah. Right. So then it becomes a discussion for me ranking, and I put Everett at three. I had Kelsey at one like a few weeks back, and then I just stopped checking it and just left it the way it was. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Moving on yeah. to the last player, week six, that I wanted to bring up. Cam Akers was inactive, mm. and there's reports going around that he's not going to play for the team again. They've characterized this as an internal issue with Akers, um, but he's physically okay. So, one, do you think that they can trade him? Like, I don't see a scenario that somebody would want to willingly take him because he's looked terrible. Um, to me, I don't think that he plays again this year. I probably would just cut him if I had him right now. But do you think that Daryl Henderson can kind of carry the, the bell cow role? Historically, he gets banged up pretty quick and isn't able to do that. And then on top of that, Somebody that got a lot of praise during Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams. Do you think that he comes in and has a role on this team? Despite, I know there's a lot of detractors for Kyron Williams because of his athletic profile. He does a very unimpressive, like spark score, right. speed, Hard like ass. all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, is that somebody that you're looking to pick up, knowing that they could activate him after this bye week? I've been trying to buy Kyron Williams since in Dynasty since before week one. And this is going to be completely dumb reason, but it just makes sense. If you do, you watch the ESPN like fantasy marathon where they just talk fantasy football on ESPN for like twenty four straight hours, and then they do like a draft at the end for their absolutely not. And it, okay, whatever. Anyways, they do <laughs> they do this sixteen team league with all the ESPN experts, and the end of the marathon is that draft. Okay. Adam Schefter took Kyron Williams as his RB two. He literally started him week one and he had the expectation in week one that he was actually going to be the guy, but he got hurt on the opening kickoff and he was lost to this point. Like he came in with this insider information that Kyron Williams was actually going to be the guy. It was never going to be Cam Akers. It was never going to be Daryl Henderson. And it all went to shit when he got hurt. So I've been trying to acquire him ever. If he was going to be the guy, why was he on the opening kickoff? I don't know. It makes no sense. I mean, Adam Sheffrey would be completely wrong, but he's the most dialed in person in all of. I guess, but you wouldn't have needed to take him in the second round. That's just no. Like... He didn't take him in the second round. He no, took RB two, oh, RB two. Oh, so he took well, him at like round five. like ten or something. Well, it's sixteen team league in like round ten. He went. He that went wide receiver heavy. If you're getting your RB two in in a sixteen team league in round ten. You deserve that. He went CD. He went CD Lamb. He went Kyle Pitts. Sucks. Um. He went wide receiver. I this think is the most dialed in guy. I, I think that there's there's something going on there. He obviously knows that they like him. And what's going on in Los Angeles? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm not cutting Cam Akers in Dynasty. Obviously, redraft, get rid of him. But for some reason, D- Sleeper lets you put him in your IR slot. And he's just well, how, how weird he is it? IR? Though, he's just Isn't out. He- if he's inactive, he's allowed to be on IR. And but he is on IR, like in real life. He's going to get – Oh, Akers, sorry. No, no, no. no Kyron Williams Never mind. Never back. Mind. They opened up his 21-day window. Right, today, yeah, yeah, okay. So he's going to be back soon, and I think he's going to be the guy. I really do. How weird is it? Not saying he like looked incredible when he came back, 
but like Cam Akers actually looked more effective last year coming back from that injury yeah. than he has this season. Doesn't make it's, any sense. There's something going on where he's just like not giving a damn. Like I don't know what it is. Like I don't know if he Jared Goff texted all of their teammates about Sean McVay's girl or what and got benched, but like the dude is just he's not there. Like he doesn't even look like he was trying when he was on the field. And it's been frustrating for me because I I was high on him coming into the season because last year they ran him into the ground. I thought the volume would be there. Speaking of Jared Goff, uh, Amon Ra and Aaron Jones for Swift in London? Question mark. Full PPR. If I'm getting Amon Ra and Aaron Jones, yeah. that's an easy yes for me. If I'm giving them away, it's an easy no. Atlanta, like we just talked about, doesn't have the passing volume to really make me feel comfortable to have London as anything more than a flex. Amon Ra has been an absolutely elite player when he's on the field. I think he's fully healthy from the ankle injury now. And Aaron Jones, he obviously had a bad game last week with only a couple touches to his name. But I think moving forward, they do figure that out. So to me, it's pretty one-sided Amon Ra, Aaron Jones. I'm with you. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Nice. I love it when that happens. All right. Was that it for the, the headlines you said then? That was it. All right. Tinder time. Right. Tinder time. All right, everybody. So if this is your first time watching the show, uh, essentially the segment that we're getting into is fantasy football Tinder. So you'll see a profile like this appear on the screen. If our hosts happen to be feeling, getting a good vibe from the person that's on the screen, they're going to show a little love and swipe right. You'll see the green heart flash up on the screen. However, if they're not really feeling it, it's not too late. They haven't had enough to drink and they just want to pass on this experience. They're going to swipe left, and you'll see the red X pop onto the screen. So our first contestant of the day, let me pull up my notes real quick, is going to be David Montgomery. He's two weeks oh. returned from injury, but there are some concerns that he may no longer be the lead running back for Chicago. He uh, So are y'all still believing in Monty as the – starting running back role for Chicago, or do you think that you should move on? So swipe if you still believe in your boy, David Montgomery. Swipe left. I'm out. Wow. Just just like that, huh? <laughs> it's crazy. I, mean, I was a huge Montgomery fan just like yeah. even a year ago. Um, but I, I've told you, uh, I have a friend, Jacob Infante, who covers the team, the Bears, yeah. and the, the talk with, you know, within the media, within the fan base, Khalil Herbert is the better running back. And yep. I think it's shown on the field too. And I just continue to think it's going to be more of a 50 50 split if Montgomery is lucky by the time that we're talking. If we have this conversation a couple of weeks, I think he's actually seeing less than a 50% share there. So I am, uh, I'm out on David Montgomery. Wow. True. Yeah, I agree. We talked about this last week. I, I think Khalil Herbert's just a better player and I think he's the better fit for them. Um, he's not. I don't think he's that much of a different player though. When you actually look at him by the eye test, I don't know if you, if you disagree, but they think for their scheme, he's just a better fit. I only have Lou Herbert's guy, a big so. back. David Montgomery's not, not as big, but he's physical though. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. In terms of like the style, I think it's pretty right. similar. I just think to Lou Herbert, his, his profile offers them more. Yeah. It's crazy. Cause Montgomery's just been so like durable. What, there was like a stat, like a hundred percent of the snaps. I think, and over 25 touches. There was like six running backs that had done, or six games where a running back had done that 
uh, in he the last two times. years, last year. Yeah, and he did five of the six yeah. games were him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so he was the guy for Chicago, but he's not that guy, pal. See, I don't know. Maybe sober October is getting to me, and I'm just feeling a little bit lonely, but I'm still buying the Montgomery move. I know that Herbert has been more efficient, but they haven't mm-hmm. transitioned his work, and I think that's just a reflection of how bad their coach is. I don't care that Belichick says that Everfluss is a good coach. I just don't see it. Since he's been back from injury, he had a 72% snap count in week five. He had a 78% snap count in week six. Week six, he had 15 rushing attempts to Herbert seven. And then in week five, it was 12 to four. I know that Herbert had that big run and ended up having more yards, but he didn't really do anything outside of that 60-yard run that he had. And I think it's interesting that Justin Fields has really been on the move, as we expected, just because he's such a dual-threat quarterback. The biggest problem that the Bears have right now is that they're absolutely horrendous in the red zone. And it cripples pretty much every player on that team. I don't know. Hopefully you weren't subjected to the end of that Thursday night game last week. But there was so many times that they were inside the five and just did absolutely nothing Mm -hmm. with it. And you would think that one of the two of those running backs would emerge and be able to do something there, but it wouldn't happen. But I think out of negligence for the coaching staff, and I think out of wanting to protect Herbert for the future because Montgomery is going to be a free agent after this season, so you might as well run him into the ground, I -hmm. think that he still gets the majority of the workload for this season, despite being the lesser of the two backs. It feels very much Melvin Gordon – Javante Williams to me last season. I think that they trade Montgomery at the deadline, knowing that he's not in the plans. Maybe he's gone. But there's so many free agent running backs this offseason. They're like, why would you give up draft capital for him? Because they're winning now. You're not going to wait till next year. I guess it's just there's so few trades at the NFL deadline. It always sounds good in theory, but like it just never happens. But his his name will definitely be on the radar, I think, for a very possible one. But at the end, of the, it's just hard to say, like, yeah, this guy's definitely going to get traded in the NFL because yeah. even teams that don't have a win rarely trade expiring contracts. Right. So, it's not like baseball, basketball, right. hockey, where it's like, oh, the deadline, like, let me shop out all of these people. It just never yeah. Really works but I will say what does give me a little bit of pause for this with my answer is looking at snap counts. Khalil Herbert's still playing some special team snaps literally every single yeah. game. Yeah, Which so, is so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Before we move on, I just want to bring one more thing up with the Bears. It kind of looked to me like Darnell Mooney kind of bottomed out and started to go on his uptrend last week. He got more targets. Um, he had 13 he connected a little week, more. So. Yeah, I, I, I think that could have been maybe more. He keeps coming back around. Hopefully, he has the most non-catchable targets in the league this year. Yeah, yeah. It's like thirty percent. He should have had a touchdown. He was wide open. Uh, real quick before we move on, though, unrelated with CMC trade speculations, should CMC be held onto or traded? Hold on to CMC with dear life. I don't care where that dude's playing football. If somebody's trading for him, they're going to utilize him. And there hasn't, it's been like 20 games that CMC has been healthy where he either has 100 yards of total offense or touchdown. There is very few people that I would even remotely consider trading CMC for. Like it would have to be a haul. So to me, he is absolutely unmovable i agree but i also Uh-oh. would always listen just because i i just fear him making it all year i i always will 
Yeah. I, I get that his situation literally cannot be worse than what it's been. He's also had like no plus matchups. Yeah. And so you're basically seeing his floor right now and right. still 13.7, 14.8, 12.5, 21.3, 19.9, 19.3 this year. Yeah. He has a good floor, mm-hmm. but I, I just, I always worry that he's going to get hurt. I always will. The only person that I could realistically like consider trading him for would be Cooper Cup. I knew you were going to say that. What about Justin Jefferson? No. Still no? Mm-mm. Too much concern about Kirk's inconsistent performances. Like, I know every week the cup is going to ball out. Yeah. Justin Jefferson has had some flop games. So it's like the floor Al- just isn't there as much. Allen Robinson outscored him last week in PPR, though, by the way. Just, like, Ooh. completely insane. That should have been a headline. Yeah. Sorry. It is now. I, I clearly don't do enough for this show. I'll work on it. I'll be better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you guys swiped left on Monty. Understandable. Um, let's move on to our next profile. Is Wandale Robinson the one that I want? So he emerges last week. He sees the field Still for the first one. I was thinking more grease, but that works. Oh, too. okay. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. We'll just delete this part of the show. It's totally cool. I'm not worried about it. But he only played 15 snaps, but he was second on the team in targets and scored a touchdown. So how are y'all feeling about Wandale given the health and situation of the Giants receiving room? And is he somebody that you're picking up either if you picked him up on waivers or as a free agent after waivers cleared? So swipe left if he is the one that I want. You want to want to want. You didn't even finish it. You guys are terrible. I, I was no, reading that. Respect, I'm, I'm, I'm literally. I, I have to look him up because um, I did not pay attention to that game last week, being at the Steeler game or any I, other game. So yeah, I'm just. I didn't watch it either. But this up. this is easy for me. They have no one, and someone eventually in the wide receiver yeah. to catch passes. So I would take a flyer on any receiver that pops up in that system. Well, just like everybody took flyers on Darius Slayton last week, this week it's Rondell Robinson. Well, which is crazy to me because Darius Slayton was absolutely hated by yeah. the Giants in preseason. Like, they're like, don't even show up. Like, we yeah. don't like you. Yeah. And then he was leading in snaps and routes run last week. Like, that's how desperate it is right now. And the Giants have a great record. Like, what yeah. the hell? They're not for real. There's just no way. That defense is so good, though. I get it, but th- there's just no way that they're going to like hold this up. And that di- they're in the worst division to be in for them. I'm a, I'm a believer, like, big picture, long term. I think they finally got it right at coach. And like you're saying about the defense, this season, though, it's hard for me to buy into them being serious. Exactly. Do you think that Daniel Jones is earning another contract, though? No. No. He might be earning a, a tag. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I don't think you can go long-term with him. It would be so risky if he just regresses. It seems like he's going to be their quarterback next year, though, which no one thought would happen. Yeah, well, they're going to be in a, in a spot um, where it's like how – or they, ha- they have uh, – or do they – no, they don't have Chicago's pick, do they? No. They do. Not this year. They trade they up for Fields. Yeah. Yeah, but they okay. I didn't know. Yeah, so I thought that they had that last year. I didn't know they also had it this year. Like they had their first in twenty for twenty twenty two, but do they have for twenty twenty three? But Fields got so. Fields got drafted last year, right? So they swapped. No, no, I'm talking about I'm talking about the draft that happened in twenty twenty two. 
Fields draft in 2021. So they were the 2022 draft already happened where they oh, had yeah, you're right, 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 right. Yeah. Yeah. So the wrong. only picks that have been traded. So New Orleans is going to Philly, which is hilarious because that's a top five yeah. pick. Yeah. Cleveland insane. to Houston, which is a six, and then Denver to Seattle, which is seven. Okay. And then so Miami forfeited their 17 or wherever they end up, and then they get Miami, and then Detroit gets the Rams. Oh, that's right. There's only 31 picks in the first round next year. Right. Why did Miami have to forfeit? Was that because of the um the Stephen tampering Ross? With yeah, Sean, yeah, okay. Tampering with Sean Payton. Well, the reason I'm I was yeah. asking was because it's pretty like to me, even though I'm not necessarily believing what they're gonna do in the playoffs, I, I think the Giants are gonna make the playoffs this year. They're still probably gonna win. You you think they're gonna fall off that hard? Yes. Have you seen their schedule though? Still, they have to play the Eagles I, twice. They're gonna have to play the Cowboys again. I think that they lose or did they play the Cowboys already? And is, is that their one loss? Uh, I think I think Cooper Rush beat them. They that's lost more, to Dallas. They've yeah. That's three more Tennessee. losses that I think that they get. I feel like they'll squirt they still, away. But they like, haven't played the Commanders either time. I feel like they lose one of those just Lions, Texans. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, I still think they're going to win like ten games. My point being here, big picture, is I don't think they're going to be in a spot where without a trade-up they can get a quarterback. I do think Daniel Jones is their quarterback next year. They're going to be close to the playoffs either way. So exactly. you're right. Swipe. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a universal yes. I'm very excited about this. So <laughs> one of the most predictive – I'm going to say no on purpose on the next one. One of the most predictive things that you can look at for wide receivers when they're coming out of school, there's a couple of different factors. One, obviously, is draft capital. You're going to look at somebody that was picked in the first round, second round over somebody that's like a six-round pick. Maybe exceptions to that. Um, the other thing is breakout age. So people that have a breakout season in college earlier tend to do better in the pros because they've shown from an early age that they've dominated. That was one of the big knocks if you think about somebody like Kenny Pickett where it was like he was a fifth-year senior when he had finally emerged. Or uh, the quarterback from Tennessee, um, Hooker, he also falls into that same boat where it's like, yes, he's having a great season, but how much of that is just being a grown man in a child's game? There's also Brandon some Weed. stuff up- Brandon Whedon as well. I mean, perfect example, right? Um, but if you think about Wandale, 95th percentile for breakout age. He was 75th percentile for his dominator rating. He was an early declare, second round draft capital. The thing that people knocked him for was his size and for his arm length. If they're able mm-hmm. to find creative ways to get him the ball, I do think that just with the, the room that they have, I mean, Daniel Bellinger is leading their team in routes run right now. Like, that's just not sustainable. And I don't think that he has a very clear path to wide receiver one targets. So to me, it's like a no-brainer pickup. I don't think he's somebody that you're starting right now. If you are, you're hella desperate. But um, at the same time, it's like that could be like a league-winning move. And after a couple weeks, if he kind of fades out, then you drop him and there's no love lost there. So to me, I'm, I'm definitely interested. I would have a he's, first date with Wando. He's Rondell Moore, but with more target upside. Wando Rondo. Dope. It's still like I, I can't believe that he went forty third overall in right. the draft, and Calvin Austin had to wait until one thirty eight or whatever. Oh, I love that like, though. That's great yeah. for us. He went at forty three, and Tyquan Thornton at fifty, who balled then, out last week. Yeah, but I'm saying literally just like speed profile. I know. I'm just saying though, Tyquan Thornton came out of nowhere. He might be someone that people have to pay attention to as well. Going back to the CMC conversation real quick, Spencer had asked, who do you think is the more reliable back for the Panthers, assuming that CMC does get traded? Chuba Hubbard, uh, Donta Foreman. None of them. Stay away. <laughs> Just stay away. 
That's not the question. It's a trap. I would pick Foreman, but I wouldn't I would feel too. comfortable playing him. Chuba is very much a Jag, which is just a guy. Yeah. But come on, uh, dude, he's Canadian. Exactly. Is there a, is there what Canadian good Canadian football jag? players are there? I I. All right, true. <laughs> Duck Hodges. <laughs> is he Canadian? I thought he just played in Canada. He played in Canada, so that's that counts. That doesn't make him Canadian. <laughs> he played there. We're talking about Canadian football players in Canada. Anyways, no, I think Foreman no, just because no, no. he showed us last year that he could handle yeah, it. Yeah, Foreman. Cool. Foreman are unanimous. All right. Well, we are in on Wandale. Um, <laughs> he's a great running back. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he is Canadian. I said what I said. That he is true. a lot of end arounds. He is Canadian. Let us know if you know any good football players that are Canadian. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love you, Chase. Respond to the group chat one time. <laughs> <laughs> okay um last profile and uh this one is a little bit more unserious but if you did it <laughs> at the same time if you didn't know um call of duty modern warfare 2 the the campaign releases tomorrow for people that pre-ordered let me get my magnifying glass i don't know who this is kyler murray aka the codfather has a short week this week. He just lost Hollywood Brown, his number one receiver, although he is getting Hopkins back. Do you have any concerns moving forward with Kyler amidst all of this negative news that you're seeing? It's always a short week for Kyler Murray. <laughs> First and foremost. So You would know. <laughs> so let's get that out of the way. Uh, I, Jesus Christ. I don't know. You brought it up earlier with the Cardinals offense literally sitting on their, their hands for three quarters, basically. And then they kind of pick it up in the fourth. Kyler still ends up being like a top 10 quarterback play for our rankings every single week. Uh, obviously he has the rushing upside getting Deandre Hopkins back, but losing Hollywood Brown. How do you balance those two things happening the same week? Um, I'm, I tend to lean towards being concerned. So you're swiping, no but it's not necessarily. It's not necessarily. As, I know we're making a joke about it, but it's not necessarily due to the the cod. Um, you have legitimate hey, concerns. Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. But numbers don't lie. Money don't lie either. All right, Drew. Swipe right or swipe left. I'm not concerned this week. He's gonna buy the game before he heads over to the stadium. Run home really quick. Allow it to start downloading <laughs> while he's playing. Come back and play. But mainly it's because the Saints have given up 27 points a game to quarterbacks over the last three weeks. And Marshawn Lattimore is already out. That is a great call. I think the other thing to consider is that um, they are home, so he doesn't have to deal with the hotel Wi-Fi, which is definitely a plus. Um, I am still good with Kyler Murray. He was somebody that I drafted in the uh, Scott Fishbowl satellite tournament that I was in. I have him stacked with uh, Marquise Brown and Zach Ertz, so losing him was a pretty tough blow. It is funny, though, because in the offseason, somebody from Reddit found that his passer rating, his passing yards, his completion percentage, and win percentage all decline on double XP weekend. Yeah, so mm-hmm. the following week he's going to be in trouble because he's going to be playing the new game all next yeah. week. He's not going to prep at all. But Kyler doesn't seem like a campaign guy to me, so I think you're safe until multiplayer drops a week later. So I like him for Thursday Night Football. I think he has a good game. Um, 
maybe they'll score more than 20 points like the last game. So who, who do they play next week? Next week they have Las Vegas. Bad matchup. Viva. Yeah. And you know if he has a bad game against them, everybody is just going to point to the Call of Duty stuff. It's going to be wild. Cool. So we're out of profiles for today. We'll try again next week. Looks like we have some some good swipes and bad swipes. But, uh, yeah, thanks for playing, and we'll do it again. So next segment that we got is our subscription to our weekly Only Fantasy Players. So each one of the guys has selected one player that they're going to subscribe to for some premium content this week that they're especially excited about. So we'll go over the picks that we made for last week as our only fantasy player of the week or subscription of the week, and then we'll dive into our players for this week. So to keep tradition, Drew will let you go first. So who'd you have last week and how'd they do? Last week I had Ramondre Stevenson. Sucked. He was only RB2. Terrible. Um, 19 carries, 76 yards, two touchdowns, got four receptions, 15 yards, paid off 25.1 points. Imagine not picking uh, Deion Jackson, the only player that outscored him out of nowhere. So I started him in three leagues, Deion Jackson. Yeah, and I had him and Ramondre in a DFS lineup that won me. I took like 30th place or something, but it was one of those double-up ones, so everybody wins the same amount, so it kind of sucked. Mm. Um, this week, this is a special one. I feel like for me, honestly, because I was so down. Tyler Lockett. It's got to be Tyler Lockett. <laughs> Josh Jacobs. Okay. Look how happy he is that you picked him. Yeah, he's so happy that I I came around. Um, I feel like I've been picking on the Houston defense. Most weeks, if I haven't, as you should, if I haven't been picking Damian Pierce, of course, um, they've been obviously terrible. They're giving up 32 points per game to running backs. Josh Jacobs is averaging 20 carries a game over the last four games, and like the volume for him is just so insane right now that like I, I can't ignore it. The big thing for me though is he's averaging five targets over the last few weeks. Like I. He proved me wrong. I don't know if it's because he's in a contract here and he's trying to get that money, but the dude is balling out. And I wanted to rank him like top three. I think I have him at fourth or fifth. I have him at three, I think. Yeah, I have him high. I just couldn't put him over like the obvious guys. But he's he's been so good. I, I feel like this is an easy one. I'm t- kind of taking a, the easy way out. But because I was so down on him, I figured I'd eat crow and then give him the honor of being my I mean- for this I week. remember the conversation we were having. This dude was playing in the fourth quarter of the Hall of Fame game. Yeah, like, what right. the heck is going it on with the no Raiders sense. right now? Yep. So I, I think it's fair because I feel like a lot of people were down on him and not understanding the situation. At that time, um, Kenyon Drake was still on the roster. That was before they cut him. He ends up going to the Ravens. Uh, yeah, and then, then he had 100 you know, yards last week. I really thought it'd be Zamir White. Zamir White was, was kind of the talk yeah. as well. So, no, I mean, I definitely understand the the play here or the subscription i'm sorry kenny drake 19.7 rb7 last week for baltimore by the way off the bench yeah Ten okay. yeah. i was gonna get into that a little more in dfs because i like wow. them for this week sorry too. for spoiling no it's, well, there we go. Good spoil. there you go all right zach how you feeling? Uh, speaking you of zach week? last week we had zach Ertz, i believe right 
Yep. And yep. Uh, seven receptions, 70 yards. It would have been really nice if he got in the end zone. That didn't happen. But 10 targets tied for the team lead with Rondell Moore. Still had a nice game. It kind of just shows like this guy's just been so solid. I think that you can rely on, you know, the eight to 10 targets and him getting like six to eight receptions out of that pretty much on a weekly basis. So Zach Ertz, I guess I could say kind of paid off um, for me this week. I'm going Brandon Ayuk. Um, you mentioned Joe a little bit about him, you know, with the routes run for the team and stuff like that. And I understand Debo Samuel taking on a little bit of a different role. When I say different role, it's the same as similar last year. Um, when I say different, I mean from Ayuk, where he's not just running routes as a receiver. Um, but obviously love the matchup. Kansas City's given up the third most points to the position in a PPR league. Ayuk's coming off his best game of the season by far, scoring two touchdowns, but also the amount of targets. I think that he could continue to be in that range. He looks to be a favorite target of Jimmy G, which I don't know if that would be the case if it was still Trey Lance because it didn't look like there was a ton there between those two. Um, but as long as it's to be Jimmy G, a quarterback, we know it's going to be the case for the rest of the season. I really like Brandon Ayuk as a play and uh, especially love it this week. Cool. Good deal. Yeah, I, I think he's definitely a solid play. Um, I don't know if he'll be able to get the target share and or touchdowns that he did last week. Excuse me. Right. But uh, yeah, that that matchup is definitely juicy. Jimmy G, I think, cracked our top ten for QBs this week. I yeah, I I consider Brandon Ayuk in DFS, but I just I don't think he's going to have the boom week that you need in DFS. I think he's just going to be solid just because he boomed last week. The odds of him booming twice in a row are tough. Garoppolo number nine. There you go. Cool. So on the positive note, the player that I picked last week, Chris Godwin, actually played. So that was a step <laughs> in the right direction for me. We'll take that. It's a decent day. He had 15.5 points. He was a wide receiver 21. There felt like there was so much more on the table based off of the game. He had a season-high 32.4% target share and a season-high 89.7% of snaps. He had 12 targets, but was only able to haul in six. There was multiple instances where Brady just missed him uh, and had balls thrown at his feet. So mm-hmm. six catches, 90, 95 yards. Um, I didn't consider this whenever I made the pick, and I think this is a failure on my part, but I didn't know that Robert Kraft was getting married and that Tom Brady was just going to screw off on the team for the week. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, I might have picked somebody else. But shout out Kraft for the W, so I'll, I'll <laughs> take that. Yeah, so how many times did Brady actually practice last week? Maybe one day. Once, once or twice, yeah. He had a lot of nerve after not showing up to practice to yell at his O-lineman. Because he, he would have had the Vets day off in the middle there and also not on Friday, so it's like just Thursday. Thursday. And he yeah, missed he the walkthrough, walkthrough on, on Saturday. Saturday. Jinx. <laughs> that was great. We're in sync. All right, so oh, wow. who'd you go with this week? Yeah, so this Hopefully week... Hopefully they play. I'm going Rondell Moore. Okay. So... I think that there is a lot of good opportunity here for him with the injury to Hollywood Brown. Like I mentioned earlier in the show, I think that the short week, there hasn't been a lot of time for Hopkins to get reacquainted with the offense, but I really like the way that they're utilizing Rondell Moore right now. So he played all but one snap last week, which led the team. He was tied for the team in targets last week with nine. And something that's also interesting is that Moore played ahead of AJ Green, who's somebody that I was like, okay, like who emerges as like the other receiver on the other side of Hopkins. So Moore played on the two receiver sets, 16 out of the 17 snaps last week over AJ Green. So realistically, um, AJ Green becomes like your third receiver on the field, but I don't think that they're going to, 
not have Rondell Moore on the ground or on the field. Um, he might play every snap this week. New Orleans has given up 50.9 points per game in the last three weeks. And like Drew had mentioned, they're not going to have Lattimore this week. So easier coverage that's going to go towards Hopkins. I think that leaves Rondell Moore in a spot where he could really boom. We'll see what happens with it. I'm hoping for a big game. Um, I had him pretty high in my rankings. I had him in my top 15. So putting the house on him. Oh, wow. Top yeah. 15. Um, yeah, I mean, I could definitely see it. We kind of talked about it with like the whole D-hop thing. It's just I'm leaning that direction. If I was a Rondale more believer in terms of the player, I could definitely get on board with that. I mentioned uh, Zach Ertz tied in targets last week with him. So he got 10 right. targets. Uh, yeah, we will see if we do see D hop on a pitch count, love this play or subscription. I should say, speaking of plays, DFS time, I can pull up, uh, Joe's charts. I should have this ready. What am I doing? Amateur hour. So what Zach's Here's pulling the- up right now, if you haven't seen this on the show before, if you don't follow us on Twitter, Make sure you're doing that. This gets posted on Twitter on Tuesday mornings. It also gets posted on Reddit, so you might see us pop through on there from time to time. But this is a chart that gives information about the last three weeks' performance for defenses. So all the information that you see is related to the team on the left. That is the defense that um, we are looking at. So if we're looking at the Kansas City Chiefs right now, they are very porous. They are a cold defense. They're giving up a lot of points to QBs, running backs, and wide receivers. Whereas the Los Angeles Rams, New York Jets, they're not really giving up a ton. And they're a hot defense, which is why they're in the heat map in red. You're able to see the team that's playing them this week. So that's the opponent. So when we were talking about good matchups, you see that San Francisco has the top matchup on paper. It's a good reason why you would pick someone like a Jimmy G as a streaming option or Brandon Ayuk. However, you might want to stay away from the guys in Denver this week because they have the Jets. You're also able to see the previous three opponents so that you can get a gauge of, hey, is this really just a matter of playing really good players, or is this something that I should really be concerned about? And something new that we added this week is to help get ahead of waivers. You can see who they're playing in the the next week, so that if you want to get ahead and find some information for the upcoming matchups against that defense, that you can do that as well. Um, So with that, Drew, we'll turn it over to you, and uh, we'll let you talk a little bit about your DFS. Yeah, so you already kind of talked about this for me, my quarterback. I went with Jimmy G. Um, sorry, my cat's like flipping out over here. Uh, <laughs> she legit was like biting my leg. Um, I went with Jimmy G at quarterback. I feel like this is going to be like what we saw on, was it Sunday Night Football when the Tampa Bay played the Chiefs and they, they just got up early and then it was just a lot of garbage time. Tom Brady had like, his first actual fantasy relevant game of the year and his only fantasy relevant game of the year. I think that's what this is going to be. So I went with Jimmy G negative game script and the fact that they've been good against, or they've been a good matchup against quarterbacks. Um, This next one is a little tough for me. I didn't put the JK Dobbins into the injury list. That way we could discuss him here. He didn't play at all in the second half. And John Harbaugh, came out and said that he thinks that he was struggling on that Meadowlands turf. I guess there's a history there where guys struggle with that turf. They said like his knee tightened it, up it because tightened of the up. turf. Like, what does up. that mean? So like this is the type of thing that you expect from an ACL injury. You just have a lot of pressure that builds up in that knee. Soft tissues get worn out. 
And this is why I don't own J.K. Dobbins this year is stuff like this. You don't know if he's going to be able to take on a full workload week over week. And when he does, it could linger into a following week. And then you can see yourself starting a guy that might exit in the first quarter just because he felt tightness. It's, it's all about being concerned of what if, if you play a guy with, with this type of feeling within their leg. So I have this one still up in the air. I have J.K. Dobbins slotted in right now, but if if there's any concern throughout the week, I have no problems with plugging in Kenyon Drake later on in the week. Um, Kenyon Drake's actually cheaper, and they're playing the Cleveland Browns, who struggle mightily on the ground. 37.8 points per game over the last three weeks per his chart. So I have Dobbins slotted in as a good option at 5200 but if he if there's any concern i'm gonna take him out and i'm gonna play kenny drake and then my rb2 i we already talked to this uh josh jacobs it's been an absolute monster i feel like there's a great chance that he ends up with the 100 yard bonus um getting multiple targets i feel like he'll get in the end zone he was actually at 6500 i thought that that was a value based on the workload that he's getting for my wide receiver one, I went with T. Higgins. This was kind of a gut play. I The Falcons have been pretty bad against wide receivers. Um, a lot of people are hyping up Jamar Chase. I saw a lot of rankings having him at number two overall in wide receivers this week. I just think that Jamar Chase had a big week last week. It just feels like this is going to be T. Higgins' week. A.J. Terrell, who has actually struggled this year after being like an all-pro type player last year, is probably going to be on Jamar Chase most of the time. So I felt better about playing T. Higgins in this spot at 6,400. Yeah, they don't have uh, Casey Hayward to cover the wide receiver twos. Yeah, they placed him on IR. So Mm -hmm. I I like this matchup. They were struggling and they're hurt. Uh, For wide receiver two, I went Michael Gallup. Um, They're playing Detroit. You know, with Detroit, you're attacking the over. With Dak Prescott coming back this week, I'm a little concerned about the rust. But at 5100, he was a good value, and I'm hoping that it goes the same way it's been going against Detroit. And there's it's a high scoring matchup, and we can get ahead of this. And each week, he's been increasing the amount of snaps that he's been playing and the amount of routes that he's running. So he's up to an 80 percent snap share last week. I think that that's just going to improve even more. And I'm hoping that he booms out this week. And it sounds like Dalton Schultz might not be playing. He was like a surprise inactive last yeah. week. So it's a big weapon that they would be missing. Yeah, he's been struggling with that PCL injury for sure. So we saw what Noah Brown was able to do as the wide receiver too. And Michael Gallup's getting more run. I, I It's just a matter of time until he booms. Rust uh, greater than Rush. Meaning Dak with Rust. better yeah. Still better than Cooper Rush. Exactly. You're talking about Brian Rust. <laughs> Him too. I don't know anything about hockey, but that's actually where I went with it too. Just <clears throat> read his name on Twitter so often. There you go. Friend of the show. No big deal. Yeah. No big deal. Uh, wide receiver three, I went with Michael Pittman. Coming mm-hmm. off a huge, huge game. He had 16 targets. The Titans have been giving up 42 points per game, which is fourth worst in the league to wide receivers. And even with his like recent tough weeks, he still averages close to like ten to fifteen, uh, ten to fifteen targets a week. So that's a huge range. I feel like that's like a very aggressive thing to say. He's around ten, but he had a couple where he was like twelve. So I'm just like making a range. <laughs> <laughs> I should have wrote the exact number. I'm sorry, but 
my point is that he has a solid floor and you always want to have that one guy in your lineup that could potentially boom, but he's going to definitely give you around 10 to 15 points. Tight end. I went with Gerald Everett and I'm going to keep this real easy playing the Seahawks this week. Plus revenge game for Gerald Everett. There it is. Revenge game. You always need one. And then my flex, Brees Hall. He has a good matchup this week. Actually, I thought it was bad when we first talked, and I realized that I was actually reading the wrong row. Good matchup. And he's just been so good. Like He's the type of guy that I don't care what his matchup is this week. If it was bad, I just trusted the talent and how he's playing that I was going to throw him in this lineup even before even looking at the schedule. And then for my defense... Went with the Packers, and I'm just hoping that this is a get-right game for them against Commanders with Taylor Heineke under center. They've looked terrible the last two weeks, and they need a win. I'm hoping that they just come out and get right. Hopefully. No Mika revenge game against Miami? <laughs> so, unfortunately, they are not in the main slate because they play on Sunday night. Sunday night, that's yes. right. Yeah. Tough. Okay. Um. Any closing thoughts? Just to add to that up? is when I have these DFS lineups, I actually do play them. So if they suck, I'm losing money with whoever's listening. Yeah. That's why that's we put it know. at the end of the show. Yeah. Yeah. This was a long show, but as I mentioned, uh, we spent like 35 minutes or so answering questions at the beginning of this, which was great. I mean, I saw at one point, I think we had like 11 people at one time, which does not sound like a high number, but when you see, uh, what we're normally at and then see, you know, that type of activity it was really cool. So appreciate everybody that was in here for, you know, even just one minute, let alone the, in, the entirety of this hour and 25 minutes plus that we're going on now. Um, yeah. If you guys don't have anything else, I just want to wrap up like I always do. Uh, and I always will this time of year talking about the couple GoFundMe's that we got going on, watch the uh, links to those will be in the bio of this, wherever you are watching or listening. I think it's super cool that you can also put links to stuff now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever people listen to the show. Um, <clears throat> start off with the the Isla Keen fund, which is going on on GoFundMe right now. Actually, as of this past week, just went over $30,000 raised so far um, in the getting close to two weeks since it's been going on. Um, a friend of mine um, tragically lost his life. He was the one that passed away at Actor Shore Stadium. Uh, he left behind a two-year-old daughter. And the GoFundMe is for her, for her future. Obviously, um, with that, there's going to be a very financial burden on the family to keep that going. And uh, just anything that we can help do, we are going to do so. So the link to that will be in the bio of this. And along with that, I, I think that it ties in very well with the Rock Around the 412, which we've been doing it for five years now. In the first four years, we've raised over $20,000 to give back directly to families for at Christmas time in the area. Every single penny that is donated goes to gifts for the kids of families. Uh, last year alone, we were able to help out 13 families, 30 kids across those 13 families and give them Christmas in its entirety. Tyler, my co-host of around the 412 and I never had to worry about where Christmas was coming from. And the, the mission of this is to do that exact same thing and take away the financial burden for these families at Christmas time. And Isla is somebody that we had decided immediately we're going to be doing that for. She's the first rocking around the 412 kid of 2022. So thank you in advance for the donations because we know that her Christmas is going to be taken care of and the family doesn't have to worry about something that should be very in, far in the back of their minds uh, at this point in time. 
So the link to both of those will be in the bio of this, wherever you are watching or listening. And we can't thank you enough for contributing to both of those. So, and also while you're here, subscribe, like, leave us a comment, all that good stuff. Let us know what you want to see. You can tweet at us at always at AT412FF show or at around the 412 or at one of us individually. I uh, can't thank you guys enough for watching, listening to the show. Signing off as always for Smitty, for Joe, for Drew. This has been the Around the 412 Fantasy Football Show, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.